The Texans closed out the preseason with W's both on and off the field, beating the Saints, and then shortly thereafter announcing CJ Stroud as QB1 officially, as if we didn't already know. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about new uniforms because Cal was asked about it in the Reddit AMA, who would have thought? And then we're going to talk about cutdown day, and we'll finish with a brief look at what we can kind of expect from the Ravens-Texans matchup week one. This is Texans Takes with James Roy. I'm James Roy. Let's get started. Before we get started, if you like what you're seeing here or hearing, um, go ahead and like, comment, subscribe, whatever it is you do on whatever medium that you're receiving this content because it really helps and I would really appreciate it. Thank you. Now, let's get started. The Texans closed out the preseason with a win, but honestly, I'm not really concerned about that. They went undefeated in the preseason last year and you see where that got them. But we did see really what I think a lot of people wanted to see out of CJ Stroud in the conclusion. And I've been talking about how through this preseason, CJ Stroud has been taking the steps. And so that last step was getting a touchdown, leading a drive that concluded in a touchdown. I think he's been impressive so far. I think honestly, this drive was almost more impressive than five for six for 52 yards last week. And the reason I say that is, is that every throw that he threw in this game was on target exactly where it needed to be. And I think it was a really wise move, as much as I liked what I saw, to pull him after he threw that touchdown. I think that was the plan all along. But no, you know, ending on a good note and, and ending the preseason with that final, you know, hurrah, uh, I think was a really great idea. And I think it gave merit to announcing it quickly. Obviously, post-game press conference, the first question D'Amico Ryans was asked is who's going to be QB week one. And he could have withheld that information longer for some sort of a strategic advantage. Shout out to the Cardinals and Jonathan Gannon. Because I, I guess a lot of people thought the Texans were the last team picking their QB1. That's not the case, uh, at least publicly. Uh, but I, I think that it gave the fuel for that announcement to really be emphasized and, and to really work. Like I think that if CJ Stroud had gone out and had any less than that performance that he did, then people would have been like, really? We're just kind of handing it over to him. So I think it kind of emphasized what, what we've known to be true all along, which is that D'Amico was going to make him earn it. And I think in his eyes, he did enough to earn the starting job week one. Speaking of starters, I have not been one to bash Kenyon Green this offseason, but he was notably absent from the starting lineup. Now, in this game, the Saints didn't really play a lot of their starters. The Texans are just in a position where, it, you know, being the kind of team the Texans are in a rebuilding year, rebounding, coming back, you, you put the starters out there for a driver to every game. That's just what you do. But a notable absence from the typical starter list uh, on offense, at least, was Kenyon Green. Um, Michael Dieter started at left guard. D'Amico Ryan said he wanted to see something from Dieter. He said he liked what he saw. Uh, apparently, Kenyon Green's been dealing with an injury. Uh, running with the twos, if you haven't seen it, there's this play where he literally just gets absolutely wrecked. Um, I think through the preseason, he had an 84.9 uh, passing grade per pass blocking grade per PFF. And in this last game, he had like an 18.4. So a huge drop off. Um, there's a lot of people already giving up on Kenyon Green. I'm not there yet as much as I, in my logical mind, think that I might, might should be. Um, I'm still holding out hope that Kenyon Green can be good. Now, am I holding out hope enough to not make a, an aggressive move as cutdowns come? No, I'm, I'm not of that volition. I, I have been very clear that um, it's worth kicking the tires on a guy like Dalton Reisner or looking at guards that are being dropped by other teams, or may maybe they think they've got it in-house. Maybe Michael Dieter is their guy. But left guard really has been, to me, 
I don't want to say the only question mark with a rookie at center. There's always a question mark there, but on that O line, um, with Titus Howard injured but likely to be back week one, our week one look um, on the offensive line has always been the most questionable at left guard. So I I I'd like to hold out hope that Kenyon Green can right the ship, and maybe this injury really is affecting him. I'd like to see him pull through, and I'm still holding out hope for it for now. Cam Dantzler, Cameron Dantzler, depending on which one he prefers, because I recently found out that, you know, Matt Staff, Matthew Stafford, sorry, and Patrick Mahomes don't like the shortened versions of their names. Um, Cameron Dantzler recently signed from the, the Vikings off waivers, uh, third round pick. I'm only familiar with him because of my uh, IDP Dynasty Fantasy Football League. I had him on my roster for brief stints, and he was really good in those stints that I had him on my roster. So I, I, my interest was peaked seeing him signed to the Texans. And I knew based on the short sample size I got from watching him on the Vikings because of that fantasy league, that he could potentially pose a threat to one of the, the cornerbacks on the roster. I don't know if there's a direct correlation, but to this point, this is being recorded at a point where Desmond King has been cut. Um, cut downs are concluding tomorrow at time of recording. Um, but I, I knew that Cam Dantzler could step up and do that. I knew he was capable and he did he showed up he he had some very excellent plays throughout the game that emphasized to me why the Texans gave him that chance and he really made the most of it so I thought it was exciting to see him step up and I'm excited to see what he can do during the regular season and on another note Xavier Hutchinson finally got his chance to shine he's had a couple of really good receptions throughout the preseason but I would say that this game the four for 48 is a really good stat line, but also the catches he was making show why I think he's going to be a really good fit. Um, a lot of people would say that he's more of an outside receiver and that in this offense, that's not necessarily the focal point, but I think he's shown that he can be used in this offense. And I, I, I'm not saying he's going to you know rip the roof off of NRG and just absolutely light the league on fire. But I, I mean, I think that he has his place in this offense and that especially if Nico gets caught slipping, which Nico to this point hasn't given me any reason to believe that he has been. But if he gets caught slipping and, and that void needs to be filled, I have confidence that Xavier Hutchinson can can look good in that role. And so, I mean, I, I was excited to see him finally break out in this preseason game and, and get some reps that look really good. The last takeaway from this preseason game that I really want to highlight is the punt return by Tank Dell. There was other points during the preseason where Tank Dell took reps and I thought, yeah, you know, honestly... If you're going to keep Tank Dell on the roster as a wide receiver, it makes sense to use him as the, the kick returner. Otherwise, you're going to have to carry seven at wide receiver. Other positions will suffer. Why not do it? Um, but he really confirmed it in this game that he he has the touch to be that. Even if, even if initially he's a little sluggish getting off the line as a wide receiver, he's definitely shown that he has a place as a kick returner. And I mean, I, I, I said it on Twitter. I, I think that Steve Sims' days on the Texans roster are numbered because of that play and because of what Tank Dell brings to that position. Um, if the Texans were to bring Steve Sims back, I'd be surprised um, based on the fact that I have six men going on the wide receiver and uh, on the wide receiver depth chart, and he's not one of them. So he, he had some good showings. I think he did enough to maybe earn another chance elsewhere. I don't know if he'll make the Texans. That's one of the guys that I'm I'm less certain of. But yeah, so I, I Tank Dell, kick returner, punt returner, sign me up. I'm there for it. Cal McNair did another Reddit AMA, and while a couple of topics were talked about throughout it, 
um, to include the fact that on his birthday they had a Texans-themed beer made for him. And, you know, with the Astros having their own fans were, I guess, interested in that. Um, there was the topic of, of Texans uniforms. Now, the last time this was addressed at, was at a Reddit AMA and minorly throughout. But ever since early in the offseason, it's kind of been a mum thing. And I think some people, and he, he called out Parker McCollum, country singer from uh, Houston, um, are, are like, is this still happening? Because I guess maybe they didn't get the memo that this was a 2024 thing. It's a long process getting Nike to work with you to make new uniforms and, and getting to that finish line. So it was never going to be a this season thing. I think maybe some people got the wrong impression and then thought that the Texans like were just doing lip service. Um, and I, that's definitely not the case. We got our confirmation that there's been significant progress. Um, a lot of focus groups and Texans legends getting input to get something that will meet in the middle. Um, I, I'm growing more and more certain that some shade close to Columbia Blue will be involved as much as I prefer that that didn't happen um, for, for my own personal reasons. I understand why as you know a city houston wants to you know honor that um due to the oilers being such a deep part of football in houston um as a younger fan i just don't have that connection to it so i you know i'd rather focus on the new focus on the now and focus on getting the texans to the super bowl instead of dwelling on the fact that the titans are the oilers i should say are now in tennessee as the titans as I said earlier, at time of, of recording, we're, we're still a day away from the final part of cutdowns, but some cuts have already happened to include Desmond King. The tight end position has been cut a little thinner with Mason Shrek and a couple of their names leaving the roster. Um, and so we're starting to see how the roster shapes up. Another significant name is Christian Kirksey. And Christian Kirksey was a guy, I, I, I had the question, but I guess the timeline that I had was wrong. Um, I thought there was some time earlier in the season where his cap number stuck and like we weren't going to be able to cut him. I think that that time had not passed yet. And so he, the, he frees up significant cap space. He's been injured all, uh, all offseason anyways. And so it, it gives room for a linebacker room that, as I've said before, did not look necessarily super impressive early in the offseason. We're worried if we're maybe we're going to have to sign people on cut day to fill that position. And now we're, we're having trouble making cuts because there's just so much talent in that room right now. So much potential. And so... Uh, those are some cuts that made sense. The Desmond King cut to me didn't make sense. Maybe they think Tavier Thomas is better. Uh, or like I said earlier, maybe Cam Dantzler really impressed them. Granted, I, I don't believe that he's a, a nickel corner. He could be, I, I don't, I don't have that information handy. I didn't pay that close. To it looked like he was lined up outside. So I wouldn't say that he was necessarily not that he couldn't play it, but, um, I don't think there's a direct correlation between Dantzler making the roster and Desmond King not making the roster. I would. I would draw that correlation closer to Tavier Thomas. And so, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing how the roster shapes up. I'll tell you honestly, Christian Kirksey was a player I kind of, I don't want to say I wanted to see cut. This is always a tough time because you got you grow attached. Christian Kirksey played a huge role in a dark time for the Texans where he stepped up and was that veteran. And so seeing him go is sad, but it's a necessary step. So like my view on cut down day is that you you see names go that you didn't want to see go, but like you can't keep everybody. Um, and some of these guys will probably come back because of IR designations or practice squad stuff. So they're not all permanently gone, but it, it's just another example is Roy Lopez. Roy Lopez is a guy who the Texans used as kind of a staple for like culture and promo 
while the Texans were incredibly awful for the past year or so. And so to see him get cut with an injury designation um, was was sad from that perspective. But looking at the D-line room, it was hard to find a fit for him. And so um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like Thomas Booker end up next on the chopping block or, you know, a lot, and I think John Crumpler actually said it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Nico Collins and Davis Mills were the only two players left from the 2021 draft class by the end of tomorrow. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard time as a fan when you're really deeply invested in a team and you, and you grow connected to these players, but at the end of the day, it's a business and it's also part of growing as a team to see these players leave. So I, I'm interested to see how the 53 man roster shapes up. I didn't get a prediction for that out in time. Um, I had a couple of things, but I mean, uh, in mind that I wanted to see, I feel pretty confident in what they're going to do. And I'm excited to see how it shapes up. When the dust is settled and the 53-man roster is set, the Texans will take on the Ravens in Baltimore to start the season off. This is an interesting matchup for a couple reasons. Lamar Jackson has a bolstered-up receiving core to some extent and is expected to shift away from running and do more passing. Um, we'll see how long that that lasts. I think that I don't. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to make the sound clip, but to some extent. Lamar Jackson passing bodes better for the Texans. I don't want to say it's because it's Lamar Jackson passing. He has shown the capability to do that. It's more or less that the Texans' pass defense, I think, is a little better than its run defense right now. And so, and and that's why I don't necessarily think he's going to stick to that, at least against the Texans, is, is that at the end of the day, when he drops back, he's going to see the holes and he's going to have to take advantage of it because that's what's going to probably propel the Ravens' offense against the Texans, honestly. But looking from a Texans perspective into week one, I think the biggest thing we need to see is is throughout the preseason, you get the impression of what C.J. Stroud can do in small sample sizes. So there's been good drives. There's been good things happening. But you can only sit there for so long and say, wow, that throw was exactly on target before you start to say, hmm, why is C.J. Stroud not moving the offense? And, and, and I know what you're thinking because uh, I'm about to go down a rabbit hole that's going to piss some people off. But Davis Mills didn't have any weapons around him, and some drops were made, but he also made some overthrows. So there's going to be a, a line that we're, we're riding throughout that first game of, is Stroud still hitting receivers in the chest and they're dropping it, or is Stroud not placing the ball correctly? That's the question we have to ask ourselves before we get too critical. But at the same time, Looking at a whole game sample size, it's going to be our first opportunity to see him play against another team with the starters for four quarters and and put his best body of work on the field. And the question will be, is it enough? Or and we're going to learn really quickly if the Texans are in hot water or maybe they're not going to contend in the way that some optimistic fans like myself think they will. Um, and, and by contend, I mean maybe get close to 500 this year. Um, so... I, it, the game is going to be an interesting test of really, I, I think the biggest thing is, is what we have, you know, is Will Anderson can only do so much in the D line, which is a lot of people's critique of making the trade up at the end of the day, the person that's going to be under the microscope is going to be outside of D'Amico Ryan's it's, it's CJ Stroud. So we're going to look at the body of work he puts on the field for this game. And we're going to, and some people are going to look at just that one game and they're going to go, okay, I've made up my mind. CJ Stroud is this. Um, both ways, right? He could light it on fire and people will, will crown him as the next big thing 
or he could absolutely drop a dud, and then people will be like, well, CJ Stroud's a bust. He's an Ohio State quarterback. So uh, I, for one, am looking to see a larger sample size, but this is, like I said, our earliest opportunity to get a, a larger sample size in a sense of a whole game of CJ Stroud playing quarterback, and I'm excited to see it. We'll get into Texans at Ravens in more detail in next week's episode, but before we go, I'd like to mention again, as I've said the past couple of weeks, I've signed on to be a media caster for PSF, Pro Sports Fans, the app, and I would love it if you'd go and download that app and join the Texans chat room so we can grow that community to be the biggest one on the app. Um, it's, it's a great setup. It's a chat room with live streams where I and other Texans content creators and media casters can can host exclusive content on the platform where you guys get to interact with us um, and while we watch the game and we can watch the game together and you can come up and, and talk with you know fellow Texans fans about the game as it's happening. So I'm excited about it and I'd love for you to get in on the action and download the app. Once again, if you liked what you saw or heard or however you're receiving this content, if you liked it, um, do what you would do on the platform you're on to show that you did, such as liking, commenting, subscribing, following, the whole nine yards, really. Um, I appreciate anything that you do that helps my content get seen by more people and helps me along on this journey of talking about the Texans because I love doing it. So thank you for your support. And until next time, H-Town Forever, James Roy, out.